Advent is Jesus. So this morning I'd like to share with you Jesus is great joy. But before we talk about joy, I want to talk about fear. Um, because in the story that we're going to read, the joy follows fear. And so I was just reflecting a little bit. Susan and I had a little extra. She was really wanting us to go see the Mr. Rogers movie. Saturday is not my favorite time to go see movies because I'm really kind of caught up in preparing for our time together, and I'm kind of like the Grinch that stays home on Saturdays. But uh, things went well, and so we went. So that's an incredible movie, but I would encourage you, if you have not settled, if you have unresolved issues with your past or with your parents, I would say that you deal with that before you go to that movie because you probably will be a wreck if you... (laughs) He is an incredible guy, and there's a point in that movie, he says, think of the people who have helped you become who you are. And there's a full minute. I've never been to a movie. There's a full minute... And then the way they filmed it is that he's looking right at you. It's kind of like, we had one friend who said, I'm not going to do that. She still has a few unresolved things with her parents. And then, <laughs> broke down, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, so this is, this is, I'm thinking of the people who helped me become who I, I am. And uh, most of you know that I was raised in an unhealthy family. And again, hello, Jesus saves us from unhealthy things. Uh, Some of you may remember that the night that I said yes to following Jesus, I was actually, I really, I left, I was working at scout camp and like I didn't tell anybody I was leaving, like like I broke the rules. And then I went and I met Jesus. Uh, Another friend of mine, I had the opportunity, I remembered this one friend of mine, he said, "Ah, I, I, the last time I took LSD, I took LSD and, and Jesus came to me and said, I'm going to show you what hell's going to be like. And that was the last time he ever took illicit drugs. So it, it's just a reminder that Jesus comes to us at our worst. That, that's who he is. So it's not a surprise that Jesus would see my family as unhealthy it would be and have mercy on our family. As a Around 11 and 12, 11 or 12, my folks uh, divorced. They were having rocky, rocky times. Most of them, the biggest problem was, was alcoholism and codependency and uh, all of those things. And, and I, I don't, no one ever said it, but somehow uh, as the oldest male in the house, then I now became the man of the house. And so one of the things that went along with that is if I got afraid at night, I was not supposed to cry out. So I had a little Mexican bat. You ever seen a little Mexican decorated bat? My grandparents had traveled through Mexico. My granddaddy gave me that. Well, that was my weapon of choice. So when I got afraid at night, I at least I could get out of my bed to my closet, get my little Mexican bat, climb in the bed, and I was going to be the protector of our house. But I never, ever screamed. I never shouted. I never asked for help. Now, what that led to is that between that 11, 12, up into my mid-30s, I would have a recurring nightmare. And the recurring nightmare was that there was an invader, 
and it was cute, like it was ugly usually. And, and right when I needed to scream, I would wake up. And so is that this, this scream stopped right here and never came out. So somehow I just kept pushing that fear down, pushing that fear down, pushing that fear down. It's kind of fun that Kathy is here this morning because uh, my dad finally went for help and he went to a rehab center and, and uh, we went to family week, the two of us, the rest of our family would not go. And in that week, uh, at the beginning of that week, it, I knew we were in, something's going to be different in this. And so I just prayed a, a prayer, Jesus, if there are things that I need to see that I have never seen, I'd ask you. Well, that, that night, I had that dream. But this time, the scream didn't stop. And I screamed, bloody murder, poor Kathy in the room next to me, heard that thought, somebody's just murdered my brother, you know. But it was God's grace, because I was being set free. I was being delivered from a fear. So start with fear for a moment, because that's where this story, let's go back to Shepherd's Field outside of Bethlehem. And let's remember this. In Luke 2, nearby shepherds were living in the fields, guarding their flocks at night. And the Lord's angels stood before them. The Lord's glory shone around them, and they were not joyous. This was not their moment of joy. This was their moment of terror. They were afraid, frightened. Now, just think about shepherds. I mean, shepherds... I mean, some of them might have had fear of the night. I mean, you know, going out, it's dark out there. I have to take the sheep out at night. Uh, maybe just that, darkness. And darkness has always been associated with evil. Some of them, uh, maybe they feared harm to the flock. You know, there were poachers, people stealing our sheep. Might have to beat them off. There could have been predators. You know, so there, I mean, I can understand those. But this was, this was not just ordinary shepherd fear. This was, they were very much afraid. They were terrified. Why? Well, think about it. In the middle of the night, the sudden, unexpected appearance of a supernatural being. I mean, hello. And then the glory of the Lord brightening the night sky. The glory of the Lord is the brilliance of God. So all of a sudden... Bam! In the midst of darkness is this bright light and the supernatural being. That wasn't a joyous moment. They were terrified. So the angel, I love that angels do this. Uh, the angels are, well, don't be afraid. And they, they all say, that's too late. I'm already afraid. <laughs> Sent some warning. But the angel continues and he says, I bring good news to you. Wonderful and joyous news for all people. Your Savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. On one level, that message is this Savior that I am announcing wants to rescue you from your fears and your terrors. Just take it right there. Shepherds terrified, 
by the sudden unexpected appearance of a supernatural being, that, that being in the brilliance of God announcing a message that's good news, that's wonderful and joyous. And basically at that, just, just right there at that level, oh, this Savior doesn't want you to be afraid. This Savior doesn't want you to be terrified. This Savior wants to rescue you from these fears, this terror. And it's not only you, but this is wondrous, joyous news for all people. All people. So this is a universal good news. It begins in Israel. It begins in the shepherd's field outside of Bethlehem. It begins with the lowest class of people in Israel at the time. It starts at the bottom. This is wondrous, good news, universal, starting at the bottom in this tiny place of Bethlehem, and it's going to go to everybody that's on the planet, all of humanity from the lowest to the highest. We have a Savior. Humanity has a Savior. That Savior's a deliverer. He's the Messiah. He's the anointed one. He's the Lord. He's born like us. But at the, at the same time that He's like us, He's more than us. He's God with us. These are all things that all of you know. He's a Savior. He's a deliverer. He's Messiah. He's the anointed one, the Lord, like us, and yet He's God, God with us. When I focus upon who He is and the news that He's brought, and I think about the fears that I've had in my life, and I think back to the moment of being rescued from those fears, I realize, oh my, this Savior has rescued me. This Savior rescued me from fear that I stuffed year after year after year. This Savior rescued my family from dysfunction. This Savior, yes, rescued me from my sin. The Savior rescued me from living maybe just a marginal life, giving me a fullness of life. This is my rescuer. God delivered me from fear. So in this time of just the ministry of presence, God is with us. And He's with us exactly like we are. He didn't expect us to be anything other than ourselves. And so I want to ask you some questions. In light of this good news, Jesus, deliver us. And let's start with our fears. And let's start with our terrors. What are your fears? What's terrifying you? I'm here to tell you today 
that I know Jesus rescues us from those fears and those terrors. Jesus, deliver us from changing the good news, the wonderful, joyous news into the not-so-good, not-so-wonderful, joyless news. I save at least one article every week from my news reading of people that are in our family, people that are within the Christian family, people that are within the dysfunctional Christian family. The church is not very healthy. Not everybody. I'm not saying total, but in some ways the church is not very healthy. And I save articles that have to do with the not-so-good, the not-so-wonderful, joyless news. And that's not what the message is. From the very get-go, the message has been good. This is good news. This is wonderful news. This is joyous news. So as we share the news of Jesus, as we share the news of a rescuer, as we share the news of a Savior, it needs to come across as a message that's good, a message that's wonderful, a message that's joyous. Again, going back to Mr. Rogers. He distributed grace. I read an article last night about him. He literally wrote the Greek word for grace, charis. He'd hand it out. And then people, what is that? What's well, Greek? I don't read Greek. What well, means grace? Well, what's grace? Well, grace is a gift. And he just went everywhere giving people Gift, gift, gift. And one of the things in the storyline of the movie, it's, which is not, it's, it's just based on some things that, that Mr. Rogers did, but there's a, there's a broken reporter, unresolved issues with his dad. Uh, and they're having breakfast, and this fellow says, I'm broken. And Mr. Rogers says, I don't think you're broken. Now, that's an amazing gift. To, I mean, it was quite obvious that the guy had unresolved issues, but I don't see you as being broken. This is what I see you as. And just elevated that soul, resulting in the resolution of his anger and his hate. Again, I, I, I like to say it because I need to say it again and again. It's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. Mr. Rogers was a very, very kind man. And it was his kindness. Again and again and again, his kindness is what led people to a different response. Oh, that that would be who we are. Oh, that we would bear that universal message and that the whole church around the planet would go out into the mess of humanity. Humanity's messy, right? But that we would go out with a message of kindness. Oh, I don't see that brokenness. I see this. And with that comes forgiveness. The message we have is good. 
The message we have is wonderful. The message we have is joyous. May we also, Jesus, deliver us from a message, a message for all humanity. We need to be delivered. It's not just a message to a privileged few. The, the New Testament makes it absolutely clear that God does not play favorites. God, God has equaled the playing field. It's really always been that. It's maybe a little bit more complicated in the Old Testament because it was through a people that he was trying to... Well, that didn't work so well. Because we all have a tendency, we want to be God's favorite. We're not God's favorite. We're all God's favorite. And finally, Jesus deliver us from turning to any other Savior than Jesus. There's no one else. There's no one else that will save us. There's none. Now what's really profound was that title of Savior. When the angels say a Savior is born, that's not the first time that the world that Jesus lived in had heard Savior. That was a title that the emperor of Rome took upon himself. I'll be your Savior. I'll be your Savior through my power, through my army. I'll make sure you're safe. Pax Romana. I'll, 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 I'll make sure there's peace. But it's not the way of peace that Jesus brought. We still live in a world that's looking to the wrong place for saviors. And it's only Jesus. There's no other savior than Jesus. So take a moment. Would you take a moment and just look at those? Where, where are you in that? Which of those could you, could you, like if you had a moment alone with Jesus that you'd say, Jesus, would you deliver me? I need your help. Deliver me. Holy Spirit, come. Show us. Show us where our thoughts are. Show us where our heart is. Jesus, deliver us. Deliver us from our fear. Deliver us from our terror. Jesus, deliver us from changing your good news to bad news. Jesus, deliver us for reserving your message for a privileged few and forgetting that your heart is for all of humanity.
And Jesus, deliver us. Deliver us from turning to anyone other than you as a Savior. Only you can save us. Finally, Jesus, as you deliver us from evil, fill us with joy. Fill us with joy. The night that I said yes to Jesus and I was being transported back to scout camp from which I, I snuck out of and had my time with Jesus in my transgression, minor transgression. That's not minor transgression, but it wasn't, the, you know, scouts just don't do that. You just don't break the rules, right, when you're a scout. The intersection of 34th and Bell, the car stopped, red light. I jumped out of that car and ran around it just, just overwhelmed with joy because I'd been delivered by Jesus. I will never forget that intersection. I go, every time I visit Amarillo, I go to that intersection to remember that moment that Jesus delivered me from my fears and my terrors, from my sin, from my dysfunction, into something joyous. I pray as you drive home today that at the next stoplight, you'll jump out, run around your car. <laughs> <laughs> filled with joy the joy of the Lord truly is our strength in his name amen